is a day in the life of an English teacher. At 5.15 a.m., the first of my four alarms goes off on my iPhone. I extend a zombie-like hand to the nightstand and hit the orange snooze button for 15 more minutes. At 5.50 or so, I heave myself out of bed and trudge down darkened stairs to my unlit kitchen where I go through the motions of coffee making that will sustain me on my 40-minute ride to work. Four scoops, eight cups of water, switch it on, back upstairs, shower contacts, plug in the iron, dress, iron shirt, shoes tie, back downstairs, granola bars, keys, Honda Civic. Is this fooling anyone else? Never worked so long and hard to see mental failure. On the drive, I take in NPR or listen to the shins like the caricature of the middle-aged English teacher that I am. I've never had a long commute in my life, so I'm relishing the opportunity to untangle my thoughts, to get my plans together for the day ahead. Left on summer, right on Bailey, left on Broadway. Train yards, corner stores, nameless pizzerias, old folks' homes, cornfields, graveyards, lumberyards, neighborhood diners, and finally the edge of Erie County. Alden Central High School. I barely beat the buses, pull into the back lot, fill out the COVID survey on my phone, slip on my mask, and walk through the back door. Their fluorescent lights are numbing in the terrible way I remember them being numbing when I was in high school. That's why when I reach my classroom 110, right next to the faculty lounge, I keep the lights on low. My students in advisement, still groggy themselves, appreciate this soft start to the day ahead. At about 7.20, they start trickling in, and I take my post outside my door. You're the first one here. I know. Congratulations. For once. <laughs> You're always pretty early. Yeah, that's true. Arms folded, smile on my face that no one can see, and say hello to the students, some of whom who respond, some of whom walk zombie-like like I would have walked in high school past my open door. Hi. I say hello, but I don't force them to talk. I try not to assert myself at this ungodly hour because teenage bodies were not meant to be alert at this time, no matter how many triple-triples they bring with them from the Tim Hortons on Broadway. I can feel the energy coming off of you this morning. What's my energy? It's just like, it's very low. Yeah, sounds about right. <laughs> I say hi to my colleagues, give them a smile, and sometimes help them with technical matters they might be struggling with. Oh, you're fancy. I am a fancy person. You it's, really are. It's really kind of who I am <laughs> in life. All right. And oh, then draw. Draw and then select a vu. Yes. Yeah, okay. My first block is prepped, so I spend it getting my ducks in a row for the day, answering student emails. Uh, making sure my lesson plan looks good, especially for English, and trying to make sure that my students all feel like I'm being in touch with them and trying to keep them on task with their work. Second block, I head to the ALC, or the Academic Learning Center, where I help students who are falling behind in classes with their homework uh, and keeping up on assignments, and especially trying to organize their unwieldy desktop into something that looks like a system that could work for them and giving them some tips and tricks on how to work from home, even though I haven't figured that out myself. 
third block's when I really get into it with my multimedia production class. Today, I'm feeling a high level of stress from many of my students, just from comments that I've heard and just an overall feeling of anxiety that I'm sensing in the hallways. Lots of tests happening this week and you can really feel a much more anxious energy. So I start the class by taking a poll of my students' stress levels on a scale of one to five, and sure enough, pretty much everybody rates over a three and a half. So I know something's up. I took the opportunity to speak to Justin Kruk, one of my students in my multimedia production class, just about how his semester's going, how he's dealing with the crazy hybrid learning schedule, and the sense of stress that seems to be coursing through the hallways at Alden High School today. So we, t- we started off class today pretty much based on my discussion with you. We took the temperature of everybody to see how stressed they were. And if you, were, if you had to put your stress level on a scale of one to five, where would you put it? Um, I'd probably say a five, you know, because I just have a lot of homework, you know. I'm falling behind in some of my classes and... Like, I, you know, I'm, like, worrying about other stuff that I shouldn't be worrying about. And, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a little difficult for me, but I'll get through it. What do you do, like, when you're super stressed out? How do you, like, what's your strategy to deal with it? Um, I try to walk away from it because I feel like if I walk away from it, it'll, like, help me, like, like you know, take a breather. You know, I try to take my mind off things that I shouldn't be worrying about. You know, I do stuff like that. Has it been hard for you to have to go back and forth from school to home and school to home and sort of not be used to one or the other and always have to readjust? Yeah, I know. It's difficult. You have to readjust a lot. You know, I try to develop good habits, but that's been very difficult for me, I would say, because, you know, it's just hard because, like, you know, if I do my homework in my room, I just want to, like, go on my TV, play Xbox, you know, it's just difficult. Like, it's hard because you got your whole family in your house. You know, my mom's downstairs doing her work. You know, it's just, you know, it's all, it's kind of hard yeah. to do it at home. You know, I feel like we need to try and make a push to go back five days a week because it's like it'd be a lot easier for us to, like, learn. Absolutely, because you have, like, annoying teachers like myself constantly poking you and saying, do this and do that and oh, yeah. hopefully motivating you, maybe not in such an annoying way to, like, get your work done. But you don't have at home. It's hard to motivate yourself, I think. Yeah, it definitely is harder to motivate yourself. I mean, it, just look at the setting. I mean, there. I mean, at school you're in like a classroom. You're with other students. You know, she. I mean, a lot of times teachers give you face-to-face instruction. You just pay attention. You write your notes down. You know, everybody else is doing it, so it'll be easier for you to do it. But when you're at home, you're at your. You're by yourself. So, I mean, not having, like, your your fellow classmates and not having the teacher, you know, it's a whole different ball game. Listening to students like Justin, I feel really bad on the one hand because I imagine myself in high school having to face this kind of challenge, and I know for a fact I would have fallen flat on my face. But so many of these kids that I teach are incredibly resilient. They're strong in ways that impress me on a daily basis and the challenges that they're going through now I know are going to serve them well in the future but that doesn't solve the fact that they're going through a mental trauma by having to spend so much time by themselves it's something that weighs on me as their teacher 
and that I even feel a little guilty about because I have the privilege of being in the classroom five days a week while some of my students or all of my students have to endure the whiplash of going from home to school and school to home. When they get adjusted to being at home for two or three days, they have to go to school. When they finally get used to being in school, they go back home. And so learning is shortchanged. Social development is shortchanged. And it's something that I can't wait to see the end of. To that end, I talked a little bit as well to Superintendent of Alden Central Schools, Adam Stoltman, about the toll this is taking on kids and what the outlook is in the future. So how does it feel to you different this year just from walking the halls? Um, what is the school atmosphere like and how strange is it to be in a school with like half the student population? Just from a personal experience, like what's it like to walk around the halls? Yes, I forget that this is your first experience. So you have nothing to compare it to. No. Um, it's odd. Uh, it's it's sad, quite honestly, for me to to walk through and see uh, one-way hallways, to see only half of our student body in at any given time, uh, to see students sit at desks in, in their lunch and a time that they should have opportunities to converse and uh, work, work on things collaboratively with their friends or just let their hair down and, and relax. Um, you know, it's, I, I think I, it's disturbing. It's, it's our reality though, currently right, right now uh, March 2nd. When you think about it, like teachers are in a sense lucky because we get to be here every day. We don't have to go through the whiplash of being home for three days. And as soon as the students are home for three days and they get used to that, we send them back to school. Then as soon as they get used to being in school, we send them back home. So from a student perspective, can you, and I'm amazed at what they've been able to manage at what's been thrown at them. Can you talk about the resilience of the students here and what it's been like to sort of watch that as superintendent? Absolutely. I think the resiliency of our students is a direct reflection of our flexibility of our faculty. Uh, I, nobody signed up for this. Nobody went to college with any idea that there'd be a pandemic and uh, we'd be asked to change the way we've, we've always instructed students. I'm not necessarily saying it's a horrible thing because I think it's pushed the envelope for some people that may have just needed a nudge. I just wish it didn't happen because of a pandemic and I'm sure they wish the same. Um, our students have been incredible in, in everything from, uh, generally speaking, from their, the way that they're learning, the way they're turning in assignments, the way they're communicating with their, with their teachers to the, the guidelines and the guidance that we have to follow with the mask wearing and the six feet social distancing and, and so on and so forth. Um, I, hope it's not, I hope I'm not generalizing this in any way, shape, or form. I, I think kids want to be here. And the, the students that I've spoken to said, I don't care what it takes, I want to be in school. And they have been incredible about following everything. There, there's been, I have not heard of one instance where a child has refused to wear a mask when they've been told to wear a mask or they've refused to stay socially distanced. They, they've conformed with what they needed to conform with because they want to be here. Students desperately wanting to be in school is not something I can honestly say I expected as a first-year educator to ever experience. So if there's a silver lining in this, it's the realization that many, if not all, kids really appreciate the opportunity to be with their peers, to be in a collaborative learning environment. And that's what I try to create um, in all my classes. And the last class of the day after lunch 
is my fourth block, 10th grade English class. Let me ask you this. Would you rather I read it out loud and you followed along and filled out the sheet, or would you prefer to have independent time to reread the story yourself and fill out the sheet? Reread. Reread. It depends. How are you going to read today? Uh, in a just a probably Louisiana, like okay. deep South accent with like lots of like I don't know, lots of acting things out. Are you being sarcastic? Yeah. Uh, I'm just going to read it in a normal voice. But today I'm teaching a lesson on character development in the short story "The Bass, the River, and so, Sheila Mant." We are talking about how the characters grow and change throughout that story or don't grow it's a really simple story to illustrate that point because there's only really two main characters one of which does absolutely no developing and the other of whom changes quite a bit by the end of the story so it's a good illustration yesterday my lesson went really well i was super happy with the way it integrated students personalities and thoughts into the lesson itself and there was even an assessment piece that I felt was actually well executed for a change. Not a common feeling in my first year of teaching. Today's lesson went less smoothly. It was me reading the story for a second time as students filled out a sheet analyzing character development. Nothing groundbreaking here. But at the end of the day, I could tell from the spirit of the class that the students were very happy to be together, um, to be learning as a community and to be working on something together with with each other and that's more than i could ever have hoped for um especially in this difficult year i would have given anything to be invited to one of their parties and when my parents went to bed after my fourth block class ends i have about 30 minutes to wrap things up before the day officially ends at 2.45. Today I stay a little bit late in the newsroom to help a student plan his project. Um, so by 3.30, after I have a meeting on Teams uh, for a student, I walk out through those same fluorescent lit hallways. I walk out the back door, get into my salt-covered Honda Civic, start it up, pull out onto Park Street, and head home, ready to do it all again tomorrow. And still to come, though it's part and you know it, there is an in your heart and it's growing.